We're including two scripture lessons in our service of worship this morning. The first comes from the book of the prophet Jeremiah, a text that was created nearly 500 years before the, the birth of Jesus. This text speaks to those moments of life when we find ourselves at a crossroads of decision-making and offers a perspective about how to approach that. The second text is from the Gospel according to Mark. It describes an interaction that Jesus had with a religious group of his time called the scribes. Out of that conversation, Jesus announced the wording that has now become known to us as the Great Commandment. So first of all, a reading from the book of the prophet Jeremiah, chapter 6, verse 16. Thus says the Lord, Stand at the crossroads and look and ask for the ancient paths where the good way lies and walk in it and find rest for your souls. And a reading from the Gospel according to Mark, chapter 12, verses 28 through 31. One of the scribes came near and heard them disputing with one another and seeing that Jesus answered them well, he asked him, which commandment is the first of all? Jesus answered, the first is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. In the name of God, the Creator, the Christ, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. The prophet Jeremiah lived over 500 years before the birth of Jesus. He lived at a time of national crisis for the people of Israel. This little nation was overrun by one of the great superpowers of the day called Babylon. Many people were deported from their homeland, never to see it again. Jeremiah was among them. Here was a man who was struggling to bring some word of wisdom to his people at this, at this time of national tragedy. And in the text that we have, in the book that bears his name, here is what he is remembered as having said. Thus says the Lord, stand at the crossroads and look and ask for the ancient paths where the good way lies and walk in it and find rest for your souls. So here he's using the image of a people at a, a crossroads at a time of national calamity. What will be their choices going forward? And he urges them to look into their past, not for nostalgic reasons, but to look into their past for wisdom, strength, hope, courage, all of the above, in order to navigate their lives for the future. So in preparation for this message, First of all, I did a little bit of looking into the recent past, the past three months when we have been exploring together this theme of compassion. Compassion Finds a Way has been the title of the sermon series. And I started to ask myself this question, who are the people in my life who have demonstrated such a compelling vision of compassion that it has challenged me to orient my life in the same direction? And I realize that the way I frame compassion is largely due to the influence of a person I never met. At least, not in person. His name was Jeff Shaw. Jeff Shaw grew up in Edinburgh, Scotland. 
He was active in his ministry from the late 1950s until the late 1970s. I never met him in person, but I read a wonderful biography about him, and then I, man, I met the man who wrote that biography, and I met others who had known him over the years, so I felt like I'd come under the influence of this extraordinary minister from Scotland by the name of Jeff Shaw. Now, as a young minister, he seemed destined to serve a, um, perhaps a thriving suburban congregation in one of the cities of Scotland, but he chose not to do that. Instead, he gathered together with a small group of people and they chose to live together in a part of the city of Glasgow in a large housing development in the city of Glasgow, Scotland called the Gorbals. Now in the 1950s and 1960s, the name Gorbals was synonymous with urban deprivation and with crime. It was an extremely challenging area in which to live in almost every respect. Educational opportunities were meager, health conditions were poor, and yet this small group of people who came to be known as the Gorbals Group moved there to, to be of service. In this sense, they were demonstrating uh, the affirmation of Jesus when he said, I came not to be served, but to serve. So they didn't go to the Gorbals to build a large, to create a large congregation. Uh, they didn't go there as institution builders. They went there with this very humble attitude and approach to be of service. And in fact, one of their observations is that the church had largely given up on areas like the Gorbals. And Jeff Shaw said, as he was preparing to move into the area himself, we have chosen to commit ourselves to a ministry to those who are far outside the church and to whom the church has become entirely a side issue. When I read those words, I couldn't help but think about the situation that we're in today where the church over the last 30 to 40 years has seen a drastic reduction in numbers. Are we once again going to recover the spirit of being present to those who are far outside the church and have no interest in it? Do we have a compelling vision that will engage people? What I learned as I look back, not into my ancient not into the ancient paths, as Jeremiah said, but at least into the recent past, is that Jeff Shaw, in his life and in his work, gave me a framework for compassion that has influenced me right up to the present day. And in some ways, it can be fairly simply stated. Um, in one sense, Jeff Shaw said with his message and also with his life, compassion is all about vision. It's the way that we choose to see the world. It's the way that we choose to see other people. These are always choices that we are making. We can dispense uh, with other people by choosing to look only at the surface realities. We can choose to disregard the depth in other people by passing superficial judgments. Or we can choose to look at other people with an appreciation for the great depth in every person. Now, one of the, the hallmarks of Jeff Shaw's ministry in the Gorbals is that he, had, he developed a tremendous sense of admiration for the people in that area who had so, much, so many struggles, uh, so many challenges in their lives. And in his biography, it, is, it was said of him that he genuinely admired the people of Gorbals and was amazed at how many struggled successfully with the sort of difficulties he never had to cope with. So 
I certainly knew people for a time when I was living in Scotland myself who would dismiss the Gorbals as a place of poverty and crime, and that was about all they would have to say. But here was a man who chose to live in this area, got to know its, its people and their struggles, learned to be of service to them, and also learned to see in them possibilities that they hadn't seen for themselves. Uh, there's a beautiful part of the biography about Jeff Shaw, which describes a time when he was, I think, being interviewed for a magazine article about the work that he was doing in, in the Gorbals. And I think the person interviewing him said, Jeff, wouldn't it be fantastic if young people growing up in the Gorbals could graduate from high school and go off to Oxford and Cambridge, you know, these great British universities. And Jeff Shaw said, you know what would be a lot better is if people from Oxford and Cambridge would come to Gorbals and learn from the, from the wisdom and the resilience that people had developed by living in, in that community development for so many years. Compassion is vision. It's the way that we choose to see the world and it's a choice. Are we looking through the lenses of love or are we looking through some other lens? Compassion is vision and compassion is also action. It can never simply be sight or the way we view the world. It also has to be reinforced with action. This, of course, is the beauty of Jesus' ministry. It was a holistic ministry involving both the way he saw people and the way he treated people. So often this experience of, of reaching out to another person or group in compassionate action might in fact start, and often does start, from a place of very strong feeling, which is in itself a kind of action. We will sometimes hear people say, or may say ourselves, you know, my heart went out to that person, or that family, or that country, or their story was devastating to hear, and it, and it moved me. These are, are phrases that describe the way that compassion is at work inside us. The word in ancient Greek for that kind of feeling that describes compassion is splagchnitzomai. It's not a word that rolls easily off the tongue, but it describes an emotional response that's so strong that we are moved to physical response. It, it gets us up on our feet and moving and it's that kind of response that Jeff Shaw made in, in terms of how he was viewing the Gorbals. He wanted to be of service to people who in so many ways um, were feeling as outsiders in their own country. It was said of Jeff Shaw, uh, who spent a lot of his time working with young people in the Gorbals, that he would never turn his back on a young person. He used to say, they have to know that there is someone in their lives who will never reject them. So when boys he knew got into trouble, he would visit them in prison and keep clo in close touch with their families, even when they had given up on their own sons. So you can trace a thread from Jeff Shaw's thinking and the thinking and action of the Gorbals group all the way back to Jesus, who said to his followers, you are the light of the world. It was an extraordinarily affirming thing to say. He also said to them, greater things shall you do than I have done. So in other words, their relationship with him wasn't ending at his death, it was only beginning. He was expanding their potential and their capacity to be world changers. And when Jesus made those comments, he was expressing his belief 
in those around them. He was seeing them through the eyes of potential, that they were capable of being an experience of light to other people. So compassion always involves these two kinds of energies, vision and action. Since the beginning of September, we have dedicated our, our worship sermon series to an exploration of compassion. We've called it Compassion Finds a Way. We've discussed it, we've preached about it, we've sung about it, we've prayed for more of it. And I hope that this is not the completion of our study, but just the beginning of it. What would it mean to be a community of faith of extraordinary compassion? Jesus said to his followers, be compassionate as God is compassionate. What does that mean? What, what is possible when we think about ourselves in that way? I see the energy of compassion at work in our congregation all the time. Often through many expressions of caring that would never make the headlines in a newspaper, but are indispensable on a personal level. It happens through the caring phone calls that have been uh, happening during the time of global pandemic and in fact of, of all times. It's walking alongside those who might need a little steadying presence from time to time. It's offering a meal to someone who needs to be nurtured and cared for. It's writing a card of condolence to someone who suffered a loss. And we are becoming clear, I think, clearer as a community about the need for compassion. Jesus said, love your neighbor. We often hear that part, but the indispensable second half of that sentence is, love your neighbor as you love yourself. What does that mean to love ourselves? Some of us find that we are our own harshest critics, that we can be very judgmental and demeaning of ourselves. Is this the way we want to love other people? We hope not. I've been thinking a lot about this personally over the last three months because self-compassion is something that I probably have not paid adequate attention to over the years. And now I'm realizing that in order to do the kinds of things that I think our congregation is being called to do or that I'm being called to do, self-compassion is not a, it's not a luxury, it is a necessity. How do we care for ourselves, nurture our souls so that we can really truly be present to others and the challenges of the world that will rise up to meet us as we move into the future? I also see compassion in a couple of other ways in our congregation, partly, maybe mainly right now, in our decision to solarize our campus by adding 280 solar panels to our buildings. That's compassionate action toward the earth. In the brochure that she helped to prepare for our recent annual giving campaign, Leslie Lee said, uh, who was our chairperson for that campaign, said, here's a fun fact. The amount of energy an average solar-powered system produces each year is equivalent to planting around 50 trees which is a lot considering a 30-year-old tree absorbs around 193 pounds of carbon dioxide each year. That's what solar panels make possible. That's showing compassion for the earth. Solarization is also a way of showing compassion for future generations, using less energy, depending more on renewable energy, and setting that example for the next generation. And salvation uh, of the earth and the salvation of humankind depends upon actions like this. Solarization is good for us, and it's also good for our fiscal health. Over a 25-year period, once our, once our system is fully in place and paid for, 
we will save about $460,000. Now that's a huge boost to a future congregation. Less they have to raise for electricity needs, more they can raise for compassionate outreach to the world. What we're finding is that even when we face a challenge like global climate change, compassion finds a way to get started and make a difference. We start where we are. We had this opportunity to add solar panels to our buildings and that's exactly what we're going to do. When we're wondering whether we can help with a challenge like welcoming new people into our community who are desperate for an experience of home, compassion will help us find a way. Right now, Round Hill Community Church, along with the First Presbyterian Church in town, and the Greenwich International Ladies Group is preparing to welcome a family of Afghani evacuees into our community. And we're doing that with the full support of the Jewish Family Services of Greenwich. We may wonder with all the different challenges that we face, how can we do this? Well, compassion will find a way. We can do it if we collaborate, if we enter into partnerships, if we become a bigger community, then we can begin to explore the truth of those words of Jesus, greater things shall you do than I have done. When we would just like to welcome the day with more trust and less fear, more hope, less anxiety, compassion will help us to find a way to do that just by breathing deeply, using the, the energy and the gift of our own breath, deep breaths, we can dispel the anxiety in our lives and give compassion room to grow. So on this Sunday before Thanksgiving, I give thanks for the gift of God, which is the energy of compassion for all people and for its power to make all things new. Be compassionate as God is compassionate. That's probably the only mission statement we will ever need. Amen.